It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patsy DeFerris is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Thursday night, and we are happy to be back on YouTube with the good folks who like to watch us as they would a television show. Uh, fun guest here today, Brian Barrett from The Ringer, host of Off the Pike podcast. You've heard him either there or on WEI. Full Patriots Dolphins preview coming today. We will have picks at the end, a discussion of whether the AFC East is now open because the last time I was sitting Alone to my office and talking, Aaron Rodgers was being carted into a back room where we all learned that his season was over. So a very different outlook for the Jets, by extension the Patriots, but we are here mostly to talk about the Dolphins. Now, before we get to that, I wanted to take a minute or two just to cover uh, my reporting that came out this morning after a couple conversations uh, I had with folks within the team regarding Juju Smith-Schuster. The headline of the column was very specific, and it was why the Juju Smith-Schuster question um, won't be going away. And the question started very quickly for everyone who obviously didn't miss this because you watched the game. When Juju didn't play in the final drive against the Eagles in the season opener and Keishon Booty played over him, Demario Douglas played over him. Those are two six round rookies, rookies who have impressed this summer. They made the team outright, but Devontae Parker was out and the guy, the Patriots paid 25 and a half million dollars stared there on the sidelines. They tried to run a two minute drill. So naturally, right away, my question directly to Bill Belichick was, what was the decision behind that? And naturally, Bill Belichick didn't want to give me much of a, an answer. That's fine. It's his prerogative. No problems there. But you keep asking around. You keep digging. And what I found is that right now, the Patriots don't see Juju Smith-Schuster as a top five pass catcher on the roster. That from multiple people within the team, it's not that he's not a number one receiver. Or some pushback I got on this is the Patriots never talk about that. I can show you text messages where folks in the building refer to things like a number one receiver. Belichick doesn't. That's fine. Spoiler alert, he was not a source for that story. That's as far as I'll say on that front. Oh, I want to underscore something that was right above the paragraph that was discussed on radio today and, and made some waves on Twitter. Because, yes, it was the part that Smith-Schuster is not presently, underscore presently, among the team's five best pass catchers. And the Patriots showed you that, by the way. Like, I wrote it. I got people to trust me with that information and their feelings off the record. Um, but we saw it when they played football without him in a situation where they needed to win that game and decided Juju Smith-Schuster is not a better option over tomorrow. Douglas, Kayshawn Booty, and Kendrick Bourne. The paragraph above that one, where I lay that out, is that the trouble for Smith-Schuster isn't that he missed the end of one game. The Patriots have only begun to wade into the waters of a new season. Smith-Schuster will get his chance to sink or swim, okay? I completely agree with you if you are someone who is upset that this was one game, okay, and believe Juju has better football ahead of him. I think he might. The trouble is not only just the opportunity, 
that he had. And I, w- I don't want to say squandered, but was less impressive this summer in the preseason, the two rookies. But with Devontae Parker out and Devontae Parker returning soon, those opportunities will dwindle. Not to mention the knee injury, which is not 100%. So that's a little background, a little clarification on that column. Stand behind that entirely. I wrote and heard what we all saw on Sunday. Just a little bit more inside information on that. So I think Juju will get better. There's a lot more to learn. But um, we're going to have more questions because this is what the Patriots have told you. And that's a guy they paid top dollar for. Top dollar, obviously, Patriots scale uh, back in March. So six months later, here we are. We have real football. Let's talk some real football uh, with the Ringers, Brian Barrett here on Path Interference, which is, of course, brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Brian Barrett is beaming today because Bloom no longer. <laughs> Let's the- go. Chief, Chief Baseball Officer, whatever his title was for the Red Sox, forgive me, loyal Red Sox fan, not knowing uh, Haim's exact title, fired today. Again, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about real football. And for the folks on YouTube who are all watching, again, very happy to have you back. Uh, excited to be here. We're going to try to do uh, some of this more when we move forward. Um, Brian, I'm going to open the door for questions to pop up. And we're going to try to answer them as we go through what I think will be the most comprehensive Patriots-Dolphins preview you ever hear. You down for that? I'm ready to go, man. Okay, let's go. So, again, I said we're here to talk about the Dolphins. Let me just go right against that right away. The AFC East, um, how different do you feel about this division? Let's go team by team really quickly. From what we've seen in week one, let's start with the Jets. The clearest, easiest answer, what do you make of them now after the injury and, and everything that happened in week one? Well, I think it's crazy that they're sticking with Zach Wilson, right? I mean, you look at Zach Wilson last season. Out of qualified quarterbacks, he was last in passer rating at 72.8. He was last in completion percentage at 54.5. Can we take a timeout? He's their guy. (laughs) I know you're the metric man, and you have proven it to the folks right away. Not about a Patriots question. Not about the Dolphins game. We have Zach Wilson deep dive analytics. This is the stuff you can get on off the pipe or here for free on Pat's Interference. I, I apologize to interrupt you. I'm just, I'm just impressed. Folks, if you are not a numbers person, this is not going to be the podcast for you. But you should be a numbers person because we have plenty of the podcast. Anyway, continue. Well, in Callahan, his passer rating against pressure via pro football focus was 18.6. Not 58.6 or 48.6, 18.6. No other player was south of 33. So I cannot comprehend, and maybe it's just, hey, they'll give it a couple of weeks, why they're sticking with this guy. From a Patriots perspective, yeah, I feel totally different because what they need, we saw that team on Monday Night Football, they're loaded. That defense is incredibly talented. Garrett Wilson is a stud. Reese Hall, it looks like he never tore his ACL. And the thing is, like, Zach Wilson, yeah, you're not going to get the ceiling no matter who you go out and get other than Aaron Rodgers. Like, you can't get a higher ceiling than Aaron Rodgers for guys that are available. But you know what Zach Wilson can do? He can rip the floor down. Like, you can have the couch going through the floor, right? There's other quarterbacks out there that can just manage things. The Jacoby Brissett's of the world, those type of guys, right? So I just don't understand why this is the specific quarterback you're sticking for uh, with this team, right? What you need is somebody that is just going to be like, not to use this example, but and compare the players, but like what Tom Brady did early in his career, like in 2001, hey, like occasionally you may have to make a big throw, right? But don't screw it up. Like if you go back to the Ravens when they won their Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer, don't screw it up. Brad Johnson with the 2002 Buccaneers. That's how highly I think of this Jets defense. You just need somebody to make sure you don't screw things up and to stick with Zach Wilson. I mean, I would have gotten rid of this guy in the offseason so you didn't have this problem. Keep Mike White as your backup. 
Zach Wilson is uh, Jesse Pinkman in episode two, I believe, or three of Breaking Bad, where he gets the wrong chemical mix as they're trying to, I'll just say it lightly, dispose of a body. And he actually <laughs> has the floor collapse. There are multiple stories of that house. Uh, this is top of mind because he used a Breaking Bad gif on Twitter here today. But that's interesting. So you, I, I'm down on the Jets because of Zach Wilson. But you think if you get a caretaker in there, they can still go to the Super Bowl. Because the, the well, most common take has been Aaron Rodgers is out of the picture. And so off the table goes any sort of Super Bowl hopes and dreams. I think you can get into the playoffs if you're the Jets with just a caretaker. Now, it will be interesting if somebody shakes loose, say, closer to the trading deadline. Like, what if Minnesota, who lost in week one, what if things fall apart for them? Like, Kirk Cousins is a good enough quarterback, and I know we can look at all the playoff stuff. What if Matt, something, and I know financially it'd be difficult, but, like, if you're the Rams, and maybe, like, winning last week was bad for them in the long run if they wanted to get into the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, but, like, Matthew Stafford would be the perfect guy to go into that team. So I just feel like I would rather have a caretaker than Zach Wilson, even though Jacoby Brissett's not going to elevate your ceiling too much. At least he's going to keep you at a floor level where, and maybe their running game is going to be good enough right now where they could have a quarterback like Jacoby Brissett. And the thing about Zach Wilson too, that sticks out to me is remember last year that we were looking at the fact that, okay, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be somebody else. Like, Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's like Zach Wilson was never going to be the guy. Ne- that was never going to be, there was never going to be a chance that he would be their guy. And here we are, that he's actually their guy again. Like they had no reason to not go after somebody this week. Maybe they're waiting. Like I said, maybe it's Cousins or Stafford down the road, but it's going to be a mess. And from a Patriots perspective, and I hate to say it about a guy that obviously was incredible, an incredible pain turn as Achilles, it's a major factor for this team going forward they play him in week three and it could be Zach Wilson who has seven interceptions against the Patriots seven of them in two touchdowns he's been atrocious all right uh so really quickly better or worse than the Patriots right now or the New York Jets with Zach Wilson at quarterback worse that okay. he's that bad he can okay. bring the whole team down I agree with you so the Patriots at least number three in the division I, I think they're going to stay there but the Bills disappointing Josh Allen is still just I don't know living his life the way that he wants to, which is to say wild and out of control and with his Superman cape on at all times. Um, 30 seconds or less. Do you feel appreciably better or worse than the Bills? I feel like, are the Patriots better, are you saying? No, no, no. Are the Bills better or worse than you thought? Based oh, on I, think, I think they're significantly worse. Okay. Allen is back to his old habits. I think that he needs Dave Ball back. I think Ken Dorsey's too much of a friend. And the other component is the rush defense, right? Last year, they were 16th in success rate. They knew that the Jets had to run the ball because Zach Wilson was playing. They ran for a buck seventy-two on six point one yards per attempt. That defense—it's where that Leslie Frazier left, and it's not like they're not as loaded as they used to be. I know they're going to get Von Miller back, but he's not going to ex- exactly help their rush defense. I think they have issues on that side of the ball as well. Someone told this to me before the Patriots played at Buffalo last year in the finale. Win and you're in the playoffs. They say we're going to win. They said okay. Obviously, it didn't happen. The second thing they said, though, was Buffalo was slow on defense. And I don't think they did enough to remedy that. And counting on a rookie to step in, a third-round rookie to step in for Tremaine Edmonds uh, is worse. I'm not worried about them yet, but I'm getting there close. I know the boss man over at the ringer, Bill Simmons, is out on the Bills. Uh, he he might, be, might be ahead. Might be a Bill-Bills connection. He shorted okay. him. Uh, my, Miami. Uh, it's hard not to be higher on them. So I'm just going to ask, from what you expected before the season, has your mind changed at all? Uh, based on what you saw in week one, and then we'll get much more into Miami here. 
after what they did to the Chargers. Yeah, well, they made some adjustments, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit offensively. The one thing that stuck out to me, their offense is unbelievable. It looks like a video game right now. But that defense, their success rate was 66.7 against the rush. That's 20 percentage points worse than anybody else. And I don't think, and this is going to be a key in this game going forward, I don't think they're going to stop the run going forward. That defense is not incredibly talented. And Callahan, Vic Fangio, who is, everybody loves Vic Fangio, I just feel like going from the Flores-style defense to Vic Fangio-style defense in one year, one offseason, I don't think that's an easy thing for guys to do. I really don't. Yeah, it's not. It's different structurally. You have differences down in the techniques of it. Um, You know, the idea of staying in the same coverages but disguising them versus branching out, doing all these different concepts, uh, which is more the Flores-Belichick way, it is very interesting. Okay, so as I recap that, Jets obviously down, way down. You have the Bills way down and the Dolphins up. So the Patriots slide at third. So you feel like the division is more open for them in in a real way or just in kind of like a little bit default way? Well, I feel like now they have a better, a much better chance at making the playoffs than I originally thought because the Bills have recently owned the Patriots outside of the windstorm game. But I feel much better about a game against the Bills this season than I've had in previous years. A lot of it has to do with some of the upgrades the Patriots have obviously made Bill O'Brien being the main one, but this defense and you predicted before the season, they were going to have the best pass rush in the Bill Belichick era. There's no reason to doubt that at this particular point in time. So I feel like they have a much better chance to get to the playoffs. Like last year you looked, Hey, can you beat the bills? And after that playoff game, you thought, no way this year, I think it's certainly possible. I think you can beat this Miami team at home. And I know we'll get into that later in predictions. And I certainly think that you can beat the jets at least one of these two times. And maybe twice if Zach Wilson plays in both games, like he did last year. Yeah. All right. I uh, I put it this way on TV the other night. The door for the division, because like, I, I agree with you, their, their chances of making the playoffs have gotten better. The most common likely route is going to be via the wild card. Yeah. Doors crack like that much. Again, we're on YouTube, so I get to show the folks. My hands are apart maybe like three inches. Now you can kind of get an arm in there. Like the door's still very much locked, but it's not dead bolted, and you kind of try to like jimmy it open. There's a lot of work to do. Like the door still wins at that point, but there's a sneaky <laughs> – Sneaky chance, I think, for the Patriots to get in. Okay, Patriots-Dolphins Sunday night. The Dolphins want to know, obviously, clobbering and then surviving uh, the Chargers in their own defense. Patriots lose uh, 25-20 to the Eagles. And you look at this game, you know, 30 seconds. This is a new segment I started with Doug about a month ago. Spit it out. What is this game about for the Patriots week two against Miami? This is about actually beating a good team. Right, because what we've seen is last week even, they outplayed the Eagles. They outgained them. They had more first downs in them. They had Jalen Hurts completely off. And I thought they did a pretty good job offensively considering considering some of the disadvantages they've had. But what's the biggest win of the Mac Jones era? Is it the windstorm game against the Buffalo Bills, which we would find out that wasn't really a real game. It was kind of a fake game. Yeah, you take the win, but what we saw is you weren't on the same level as the Bills at that point. I do feel like it sort of changed the perception of who the Patriots are if they can win a game against a good team with a good quarterback because the quarterbacks they beat last year, who was the best quarterback they beat, really? I mean, they they, they lose to all the good ones, right? Cousins, Rodgers, Lamar, Tua, Allen, Twice, Burrow. They didn't beat any good quarterbacks last year. So the headline in this episode is why I like the Patriots to beat the Dolphins. And I will spoil my pick that is held for the very end. And I think the Patriots are going to win. And I think you're absolutely right in that this is about a signature win for Mac. This is about a statement. And that statement really is that we're the team we believe ourselves to be. 
the ones that no one has seen for the last couple of years. And we don't need to go over any of that. But what that statement will achieve, even if they win, like I think they will, is just survival. You know, like the stats you'll hear if they go to 0-2 are all only 9.6% of teams that start 0-2 make the playoffs. I don't really care about that. The thing is, that means bad teams tend to start 0-2. And bad teams, as we know, don't make the playoffs. But this is a unique team. This is a 14 out of 32 playoff field. And the thing for the Patriots, of course, is that their schedule stinks. So this is survival. Setting the course for your season until week five or six when your offensive line presumably is healthy. Are you then, in mid-October, playing catch-up? Or are you playing to compete already for a playoff spot? And 0-2 means you're going to have to play catch-up. Uh, and 1-1 one and one will mean, okay, we could get out ahead of this. We could have two divisional wins and be 2-1 and one after week three. But that starts here with Miami. Okay, before we get to the Patriots, have the ball. Dolphins have the ball. A 3-2-1 breakdown. Three keys, two matchups, one wild card, and then game picks. Okay, so you've heard me say before that you can win with the Patriots season over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. You bet there, they win, you win too. Well, right now, new customers at FanDuel can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. That's win or lose for the Patriots. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. This is for all you folks who live outside New England. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can be on with everything from spreads to player props and more. We give out bets here in the podcast all the time. More are coming. Listen and bet on FanDuel and visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss from FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 year older and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus is issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions do apply. See terms at fanduelcom sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org. Call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. The NFL Sunday ticket offer ends on September 18th, 2023. That's a day after the Patriots week two game against Miami. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV itself. YouTube TV base plan requires you to watch uh, NFL Sunday ticket. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use is excluded. Subscription renews automatically, but you can cancel at any time. Okay, Patriots have the ball. They are right now 14th in DVOA, the Dolphins' defense, after getting just – they didn't lay an egg. They dropped a deuce – and then couldn't get out of the stadium uh, fast <laughs> enough with just more running down their legs. They are 31st, okay? The Patriots offensive line dealing with significant health issues today at practice. I did not see Trent Brown. I did not see City Sal. Both of them are concussed, dealing with concussions in the protocol. That tells me they are not going to play on Sunday. I did, however, see David Andrews, center who has a hamstring injury. That is encouraging. David Andrews played last week. So the Patriots right now could have anywhere – from two to three, four, depending on how you categorize Calvin Anderson, starters in the offensive line. Or they could have zero because we're still waiting on Cole Strange. We're still waiting on Michael Wenu. And you mentioned how bad that rush defense was for Miami. And this is where I want to start because I've said many times, running the football is about your offensive line and it's about the box count on the other side. The running backs get all the attention. That's not what makes this thing go. And so for the Patriots, if they can get healthy, that means Strange is back, Andrews plays, on when is ready to go. You can run the ball against a defense that not only, as you said, 66% allowed success rate. I'll put it like this. They give up over six 
yards per carry to the Chargers. <laughs> so I think it's significant when you look at that matchup that way. What do you think? Yeah, especially if on when you plays, right? Because he's been so good for this team basically since he's been drafted. It would be huge to get him back. The Trent Brown thing is kind of concerning. It's kind of weird to me that David Andrews has a hamstring injury. Usually those happen to like skilled players, not offensive linemen when we're talking about hamstrings, right? It's usually something else. But in terms of the offensive line in general, I think obviously the guards were not good last week, but Bill O'Brien did a good job sort of masking that by getting the ball out of max hands quickly. I think they're going to be able to run on this team just because of who the Dolphins are right now. I don't think that defensive line is going to be able to give the Patriots much, much trouble. But if you look at Mac last week, Fourth in time to throw. That's credit to Bill O'Brien, right? That's via next gen. And if you look at it, 55.2% of his dropbacks with less than two and a half seconds, he completed 71.9% of his passes. So that's the thing that I'm looking at, Callahan, is will he continue to get the ball out quickly? When they kept him clean, Mac Jones completed 73.7% of his passes via pro football focus. And here's the thing, and you and I talked about this on my pod. They actually had blitz beaters, right? When he was pressured, the numbers weren't good. But against the blitz, he was actually 7 of 10. And if you look at Mac last year against the blitz, he was 40th of 42 quarterbacks in terms of completion percentage at 53.9%. He was 39th in rating. So as concerning as some of the issues have been throughout the offseason in terms of the offensive line, I feel like I have to give Bill O'Brien, first of all, and secondarily Mac, a lot of credit for sort of game planning around the issue that we all know they clearly have. Like you could see at times those guards were getting eaten alive. And look, a lot of people are going to get eaten alive by Jalen Carter, but that's going to be a problem until they get healthy. Yeah, it's a good point. And we might as well go right into pass protection because like I said, it's difficult to project the running game. I mean, Zeke, Reminder Stevenson combined for fewer than 60 yards last week. Obviously they're playing from behind. I think they only ran 22 times total. And that includes two scrambles for Mac which averaged seven, seven and a half yards per carry, which led the team. So I think we'll learn very early on because obviously on the other side of the line of scrimmage is a guy named Christian Wilkins, who's really given them a ton of problems over the years. So even if healthy, it's not a guarantee they can move the ball, but I think there are going to be elements like you mentioned, getting the ball out quickly, trying to run, go at tempo, because this is a defense that like Phillies, which is coordinated by a Vic Fangio disciple. And we'll get to Fangio in a second loves to disguise like they almost lead the league annually these coaches from that tree and rotating from a two safety structure pre-snap to a single high safety post-snap and so it inhibits you from a running play action because then you're looking at a different picture the quarterback has to pat the ball but also sometimes running the ball because at the pre-snap picture is very inviting hey it's a light box come on in grab a sandwich run the ball but single high with an eighth or sometimes seventh man in the box a little less so and those are the decisions Mac is making pre-snap. So, you know, the offensive line, I'll just put it like this. I'll give you a guess for the folks who want to know. I, I, I only know that the Patriots are hopeful right now about um, Onwenu and Strange, who are still working into basically game shape. And again, folks on YouTube right now watching this live, if you have questions, drop them in and we will get to them if we can. I would guess right now, optimist side, left tackle, Padarian Lowe, left guard, Cole Strange, I'm going to say center Jake Andrews, right guard Mike Onwenu, and right tackle Calvin Anderson. I think they're going to keep him there. Then the issue, obviously, is David Andrews. Um, so it, let's say that's the line. It's banged up. What else can they take from that Philly game plan where you're down on the offensive line and you still need to have success against a Fangio-style defense? 
Man, it's troublesome hearing that about the offensive line. Hey, before before I answer that, let me ask you a question. Like, what do you what are your expectations for Cole Strange? Considering that he was a first round pick, it's not like he graded out well last year. Like, do you think he's going to be a guy that is going to be part of this line for the next five to six years? Like, is he a second contract guy? Because we haven't really seen that with this Patriots organization. Because clearly, they think a lot of the guy if they took him in the first round, despite Sean McVay laughing. But I kind of feel like they need him to be good, don't they? Yeah, they do need him to be good. I think they would love to extend him for the second contract, but it's it's too early to know that for me. You know, I mean, like, I think it's the injury, it's the system last year, the actual coaching that he got. Like, we talked about this with Mac. I think a lot of the same elements apply to Cole Strange, right? How does he deal with a real offensive coordinator? How does Cole Strange deal with Adrian Clem? You're in a coherent system. You're, you're developing. You're making that year two leap, supposedly. Like, he hasn't even gotten off the ground yet, let alone how high is he going to go because he hasn't played yet. So, I think that would be great. Um, but... You know, I'll, let me take one thing off the table before you get to your answer. The screens went for 3.3 yards per carry. Uh, they emptied the clip with screens, yeah. and they largely went nowhere. Take our reminder, Stevenson's 32-yarder in the fourth quarter. That, as I mentioned in the last episode, went to 1.4. So no screens. What else are you looking for? Well, the one thing that I would say that I give Bill O'Brien a lot of credit for, and I know I keep saying I give Bill O'Brien a lot of credit for, I think it's just the fact that there's a professional offensive coordinator again after what we dealt with last year is – and you were there during training camp where Kendrick Bourne, you, you were saying it, he came on late and you came on my pod and predicted that Hunter Henry was going to have an outstanding season. So I actually like the fact that we went into the game having this in our head, that these have been the two best players like during, and I know Devontae Parker to get camp too, but obviously was out. Bill O'Brien did a really good job featuring those guys. Like Kendrick Bourne was the main target that Mac was looking for. He had the six receptions. And then the other guy that he was looking for, which was great to see, was Henry Henry with the five receptions that he had. And these are two guys individually, Callahan, that have had really good chemistry and cohesion with Mac in the 2021 season. So I like the fact that I know it seems like awfully simplistic, but hey, let's throw it to our best players. And those seem to be your best players <laughs> right now. Idea. So <laughs> so other than like not a, a scheme thing in particular, it's just it's a who you have on your roster type thing. Feature these guys. Continue to throw them the football. I like both these players. I liked them both a lot last year. I was almost depressed when I thought that Kendrick Bourne was going to be out of the equation. I mean, this guy is good. He is good. And on the note about featuring those two, a lot of the damage they did was either up the seam where Kendrick scored both of his touchdowns uh, or over the middle. And some concepts where they attacked Philly's linebackers, a little high-low action for Hunter Henry, who also caught the touchdown over safety and main coverage. I think he'll be able to do that this week against Miami. But hey, how about the fourth down catch? That was incredible. Just, yeah, just like stick them <laughs> on their hands. You know, it's funny. that I heard there's from someone in the locker room today because of all things we were talking about, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, something that I kid you not, at least four or five years ago, even when Brady was here, everyone in the locker room ate, like pre-practice snack, little energy and go they still do this for some players but the details to which the patriots make their pp and j's is such that they do it so that the jelly doesn't leak out and get on their hands the gloves the nutritionists do this as they're walking out to practice like it's encased in the peanut butter and on the outside where the sandwich meets so that you don't have a little extra sugar sticky on your uh, gloves anyway that's the only time i'm ever going to be able to share that tidbit i'm sorry for anyone who was just bored to death for 20 seconds but i found it fascinating on the Fangio point and Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne attacking the middle of the field, this is a too high structure defense. That's where they want to be, cover four, cover six, a little bit of cover two. I have three games that Mac has played against these defenses, Vic Fangio or some of his disciples, really just his disciples. 
one of which was the worst game of his rookie year, arguably. One of them. He was 18-35, 217 yards at L.A. They win in an Adrian Phillips pick six. Last year, he had two games. Or he had one, another game, and then he played, of course, against Philly this year. 28-39, 382 yards, two touchdowns, Thanksgiving at Minnesota. And then, as we mentioned, Philly successful, 35-54, of 54, 316 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. So that's five touchdowns. It's one interception in a completion percentage around 64, 65% um, averaging just over 300 yards per game against the style defense. Does that encourage you? Do you throw those numbers out the window? Cause the small sample size, we talk about Fangio a lot. What do you make of it? No, that encourages me because, and that Minnesota game was Mac was really good in that game. That was a weird game with the special team situation, but it feels like to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, Callahan, because you were breaking down the defense earlier, but essentially what they want to do is they don't want to give up chunk plays, right? They're daring you to try to beat them with paper cuts. And part of the reason you do that, take away the explosive plays, but secondarily, a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL are not willing to just take the easy throws, right? Like that's what made Brady, so, a lot of things made Brady so great, but like look at Josh Allen, right? You play that type of defense against Josh Allen, he's going to throw you the football. And so you have to make an adjustment to that. And if you look at Mac, like how many times last week, his completed air yards were like under four yards at one point during that game. So he is willing to do what the defense tells him to, right? Like he'll take the easy check down. He'll take the easy throw. So ordinarily you would never want to build your team where you don't have an explosive element to your offense. And maybe the Patriots, that's an issue going forward this season. But I think for this specific matchup against this defensive coordinator, I actually think it could be helping Mac Jones that this is actually like, oh, this is actually the perfect defense that Mac Jones would want to play against. So they're like, hey, Mac, you can have this easy little screen or you can have this easy three yard throw. Mac's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. We just saw him do it last week. Right. I mean, Herbert in that game last week. He had, I believe it was eight completions behind the line of scrimmage and he had 14 completions that were less than five yards and Mac Jones will do that too like Herbert there's this misconception this guy's a check down artist he doesn't take a lot of shots he doesn't put the ball in harm's way a lot I think Mac can eat against this defense just because it's going to be a situation where I think this is the way that the Patriots and Mac are going to want to play I agree and honestly the other thing he doesn't do a whole lot speaking about Fangio and this defense and look they can get pressure with Christian Wilkins and Jalen Phillips who's going to be a real problem for Calvin Anderson or Vidarian Lowe uh, who I, again, I think is gonna, are going to start at offensive tackle. Uh, but they don't blitz. And the numbers you read off for Mac against the blitz were very good against Philadelphia. But that is a new coordinator and a new system, you know, against a team that really hasn't blitzed a whole lot, didn't do it last year. So I think he could see it coming until the one that got him for a sack late in the game. But over his career, Mac has not been good against the blitz because it speeds right. him up a little bit in the processing that he normally has and does so well within a clean pocket, you know, gets a little haywire. And so I think the fact that they're not going to blitz, you'll have easy access throws you were talking about. You sift out that disguise, I think they'll be fine. Okay, so you guys have heard me talk a fair amount about betting on this podcast, giving you some advice, told you where to make those bets. So I got a quick question for you. What if there was an app that used AI and machine learning to suggest smart sports bets? Well, good news. And you might have guessed it. There is. And that app is called Odds R. It's the mobile app you need to know what bets of the day are the smart ones. So just download the app right now. I'm serious. And sign up for an account and just let the latest data analysis guide you through today's point spreads, money lines, and over-unders. If you see green, that's a smart bet. If you see yellow, you're on your own. And if you see red, 
Just don't do it. Move on to the next. Because odds are doesn't take your bets. It makes you better at making them. With odds are on your mobile phone, you're always a tap away from making a smart play every day. It's smart betting made simple. So find the odds are app in the app store or on Google Play and get a two-week free trial. It's just 10 bucks a month after that because the casinos and sports books want you to bet. But odds are wants you to win. Go get it. Pat's Interference listeners actually get a special deal too. You get your first 30 days of the app free, totally free. If you go to odds are, that's O-D-D-S, the letter R.com slash Pat's to download the app. That's odds are.com slash P-A-T-S for 30 days of smarter betting. Free. I'd call that a winning bet. All right, there it is. AG1, now on to the number one concern, the number one offense in the league, that being Miami and that being Tyreek Hill. So the Miami Dolphins come in number one in DBOA. The Patriots' defense is 17th. And I just have to ask good friend Aaron Schatz, what the hell, man? <laughs> this defense, you know, he's got the right formula. DVOA is a stat to know, or EPA, you pick one. But I think we all know the Patriots' defense is much better than that. Um, news today, Jonathan Jones who is not a Tyreek Hill stopper, but I think you would put in the top 10 list of players most equipped to handle Tyreek Hill. And he has a history going back to 2018 in the AFC Championship game. Uh, more recently, holding him to four catches for 55 yards in Hill's last game against the Patriots. He's limited with an ankle injury. That could be a real problem for the Patriots, which we'll get to in a minute. That is something you deserve now, so that's why I say it at the top. The other thing I want to say at the top, Brian, you tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like the national media is flobbering all over Mike McDaniel. <laughs> And Tua in Miami for what they did the Chargers. Great game. 466 yards. Tua reminded everyone in this press conference this week. But we did this last year, right? Yeah, we did. I think the reason he's getting credit is because he made an adjustment, right? Where if you go back to that game, Tua against the Chargers last year, that was one of his worst games. And he was one of six in the middle of the field. And the Chargers said, hey, we're not going to let you throw there. Well, this year it changed. And he was 7 of 11 in the middle of the field. And it really does feel like they made one small adjustment, right? Instead of having Tyreek Hill motion across the field like a jet motion, he was basically lining up as an H-back, and they basically had him getting a running start. Like, And so it was the Chargers that never really made an adjustment because you know what they did? They just had J.C. Jackson like singled up against Tyreek Hill. What did you think was going to happen? So, yes, that performance was very impressive. I'm not going to – made. he made that one incredible throw down the sideline where he's like climbing the pocket, which was a remarkable throw. But also, the guy on the other side, Brandon Staley, I quite frankly don't know how he still has a job. Defense is supposed to be his thing, and he never made an adjustment in the game. Like, J.C. Jackson's also coming off a knee injury. Like, And by the way, did the Patriots dodge a bullet on that or what? I, I mean, I thought at the time they should keep him, but man, was I wrong about that. I'm glad you said that because we don't keep score enough on ourselves, I think, as far as accountability. Sign this. Use this money that I'm not in charge of or, you know. Spend that cap space, and then it doesn't work out, or it does work out, and we're not one to say, hey, that would have been a really dumb idea. I would have been fired as GM Andrew or Brian a long time ago. Um, it is a good adjustment. It's a great note by you. The middle of the field is where Tua lives best. He does have an arm in him. The Patriots this week have finally come around to, to praising him and saying like positive things. Jonathan Jones, I, I just tossed it up to him Wednesday. I said, hey, we've asked you a million questions about Tyree. What are we not asking you about that's important for this game? He said, Tua, I think, is underrated. They didn't do that last year. They haven't done it for three years. On Tua, I still see a quarterback, whether Tyree Kill is making that short motion, which is, again, very smart design. I think it's a good thing the Patriots have seen it. It's someone who needs to stay on schedule. He can improvise. But J.C. Jackson 
is someone who's also noted, if he doesn't have his first read, he'll toss it up. And that can work when you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle or the receivers did Alabama. But when you look at his splits for his career, under two and a half seconds when he's released the ball or after, the sack rate goes up, his interception rate goes up, the passer rating drops down to below 91. His completion percentage goes from just about 69% to 58. And so I think this is true of most quarterbacks, maybe not all, but the deal for the Patriots, I think, is to ha- disrupt him. Get that over two and a half on average when he's getting rid of the ball. How do they do that here? Well, and to your point, if you go to that Chargers game, more than two and a half seconds, he was two of 11, 18.2%. So in that game, in and of itself, he struggled. But I think the thing is, Callahan, I don't think he wasn't great. I mean, last year, he was good. his numbers are good against the Blitz, worse against pressure. But from my perspective, I think that the Patriots just have to win up front, right? I mean, that's what they need to do. If you go back to some of the games that Tua had trouble against last year, it's when he had to hold on to the ball, those games against the 49ers and the Chargers. And it's not like he was doing it consistently, but it's, hey, can you take advantage of it when he's actually having to hold on to the ball? So that comes back to your point about Tyree Kill, is if this was week one and they made that adjustment, it may be more difficult to sort of adjust to the adjustment. But now that they've seen it, I would expect that Bill has a plan for it and Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo that they have some sort of plan for it where they can still take away the middle of the field and not give Tyree Kill all these opportunities to get down the field and essentially ruin the game. And to their credit, Tyreek Hill was good at, against them in games last year, but he hasn't completely dominated them, which I think is a positive going forward for this Patriots team. Now, we'll see about the Jonathan Jones situation, but they are more equipped to handle it than they have been in years past, too, because I do think that they can get to Tua. I mean, this is not a great offensive line. I know it looks like they're going to get Armstead back for this game, but they did not grade out well last year. And one of the things that jumped out to me, man, was Barmore and Keon White. Like, these guys are adding to the pass rush. Barmore last year, he was in that game against the Dolphins in Week 17, most pressures among any defensive tackle that week. And he's been trending in that direction. He was good, I thought, in that game on Sunday as well. He was good in Week 18 last year. And then adding a guy like Keon White to the equation, too, who was beating Lane Johnson. So I feel like they, if they take away the first read to what you originally said – and they can get to the quarterback. I think that isn't Isaiah Wynn playing guard for them. I know he graded out well last week. Robert Hunt did not grade out well. Like Isaiah Wynn's in there. I mean, come on. This should be a big game for Bill. I mean, come on. It's Isaiah Wynn out there. Expose this guy. I love how we just swung from Mike McDaniel, just genius offensive coach, most explosive offensive lead. To, come on, Bill. You got this. Like, Give me a break. Uh, to the point about the pass rush, I asked Lawrence Guy today basically this question. Like, how do you get or affect – you get to or affect a quarterback who's going to get the ball out of his hands before you can even get close to him. And he said, I got to get my hand up. And I think that's something sneaky to watch for where you don't need to have a loss here. You know, a play of zero yards is obviously a win for any defense, but especially a win against this type of offense. And so to the point about pressure, like, yeah, Keon White beat Lane Johnson twice. Josh Uche went through him, Matt Judon, Farmer I had for two pressures. Their overall pressure rate was 40%. I think if they get to that number, for yeah. the charting I had, PFF had something different. It always does. That's a win. Like, that clearly happens. The trouble is just how can you deny that first read? And I think what they need to do with Hill, and then I'll ask you what your plan is. Do you trust it even for Sunday? Because he had eight for 94 in the, the opener last year. Four, as I mentioned, for 55 catching passes from Teddy Bridgewater. It's Skyler Thompson. is to be physical with him. Well, when he's making the short motion in the slot, then, you know, jogs outside the outside receiver and sprints upfield at the snap, you can't do that. So 
I think they need to hit him within five yards as much as they can, but it's still a GTFB get the F back game for the safeties. And that's, it's kind of a tension there between we need to be aggressive, close and safe back because that leaves the deep middle where Tua attacks so well on digs and crossers. Yeah, and by the way, I should mention that Chargers game I was alluding to, it's the one that he struggled in last year. That I gave that two for a, two for 11 number. He's bad in that category over two and a half seconds against the Niners too. But to your question there, I think what Jabril Peppers said in his press conference today was sort of revealing, where he said we can't, basically to paraphrase what he said, is we can't give up the big plays. So I do think this is one of these games where they will concede some short passes and just make sure you tackle because Tyree Kill is also incredibly difficult to tackle as well. But when you play an offense like this that has this type of firepower, Callahan, if you get into the red zone, you got to make stops, right? So that's my thing. It's like, okay, see if Tua is patient enough because Tua at times has been known to try to throw the ball, squeeze it into tight windows. That's been part of his DNA as a quarterback. See if you can get him to turn the ball over to you at least once in this game. But secondarily, when you get down in the red zone, the Patriots did a good job against Philadelphia when it came to that. So can they do that, replicate that same thing against the Dolphins? Because they're going to have their plays. It just, I feel like a team like that that is built so much on explosives, it can get frustrating. I mean, heck, we've seen it with Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs in the past. Remember, they made an adjustment to their offense a couple of years ago, but that became an issue for them where they, the year that they, didn't make it to the Super Bowl, one of the rare years they didn't when, remember Cincinnati did that thing to them, where they were just like, hey, try to go down the field on us, like death by a million paper cuts, and they couldn't do it. Now, to their credit, last year they were able to do it, but two years ago they weren't. So that's what I try to do. Make them methodically go down the field, see if they'll be willing to do it, or if two is going to try to press for that big play down the field. And that's what Pepper said today, too. Actually, you said exact word. Maybe you guys share half a brain is make them beat you. Massage. Same fitness level. Uh, too. And it sounds simple. It's not. Yeah. And you, you need to change coverage. I think you'll see a lot of zone because on the other side, let's say Jonathan Jones doesn't play. That's Christian Gonzalez and probably Marcus Jones. And they survived Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle last year, week 17, you know, the home finale um, where they, uh, you know, gave up fewer points. Than they did in the opener. They averaged 17 points allowed against the Dolphins in those two games. So there's a method here. It just relies on a lot of sound tackling and playing to your leverage and everything there. Um, not to mention, people are going to throw two as undefeated against Belichick. It's absolutely true. They need to play better. He's averaging fewer than 23 points per game against Patriots, so it's not like he's pulling them out. It's not like there's some secret key that he has that everyone in the league has been searching for, and he found it, and this is how you beat Bill Belichick. Um, so I think the Patriots are going to eat to a degree up front, and we'll get to our 3-2-1 matchup here, uh, our preview Three keys, two matchups, and then one wild card before making our game picks. But before the Patriots eat, you should eat from Factor Meals, which has a message for you all now. Hey guys, you know football season being underway means our busiest season is underway. School is back in session. You're going back to work. Some of us are going down to Gillette Stadium to hear Bill Belichick say nothing to your face. But either way, if you were looking for convenient, wholesome foods during your jam-packed day, look no further than Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit which can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals, and they're delivered straight to your door. They're delivered straight to my door. My wife and I have them now just about once or twice a week because it saves time. We eat well and stay on track with our healthy lifestyles. And right now, you can choose from 34 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals, all ready to eat in two minutes. These are calorie-conscious, nutrient-rich. You can try any of them. Again, dietitian approved 
Uh, if you need an extra boost, try the Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein. Those are my favorite. So head to factormeals.com slash Callahan50 and use code Callahan50, my last name, to get 50% off, 5-0, at C-A-L-L-A-H-A-N-5-0 for 50% off. That's code Callahan50 at factormeals.com slash Callahan50 to get 50% off. All right, it is almost dinner time, and that might mean factor tonight. I don't know. I have to go find out. But before we do that, three, two, one. Again, this is going to be the format. <clears throat> excuse me. This year, we did this last year. I think it encapsulates games very well. So everything we've talked about when the Patriots had the ball, looking at that offensive line. Defensively, is John Jones going to play? Is he not? Um, what is your number one key for this game for the Patriots to pull out a win? Well, obviously, it goes without saying, like, try to limit Tyreek Hill. But the other component to that, I would say, is – don't forget about Jalen Waddle yes. because we saw the Patriots do a really good job against the Eagles' number two receiver. I know Devontae Smith had a touchdown, but what did he average? 6.7 yards per reception. It was not good, so I thought they did a good job with him. Waddle's a different beast because of the speed. If you go back to last season, 18.1 yards per reception, first among receivers, 521 yards after the catch, fifth among receivers. Only two guys were in the top five in both categories. That was A.J. Brown and Jalen Waddle, and if you add the rating when he was targeted 122.6 he was and that was in the top five as well he was the only player in the top five in all three categories so if you do contain Tyreek Hill don't let Jalen Waddle ruin the game because remember he did before halftime last year against this Patriots team so make sure you pay attention to Jalen Waddle too because that guy is so dangerous it's a great point by you and again that will be the case of where I think if I'm the Patriots you know I'm game planning here I, I have Jonathan Jones shadow Tyreek Hill and we build around that because you know you'll still need to shade a safety but there's no player in this roster better equipped few in the league to handle him because Tyreek people we, we always hear about 4-2 speed he is also quick as hell like among the quickest players in the league and it's that combination start stop ability that's an issue well Jonathan Jones also has that long speed and a fraction of that quickness and enough to keep up with him. And someone who has faced Tyreek year after year after year. Also, by the way, shared a track meet with him, Georgia natives, John ran the hurdles, 200 for Tyreek naturally mm. won. Um, so I just think if he can't go, you know, you can help a little bit more on Jalen. It's a good point. Either way with either of these guys, my number one key, and we'll stay with the defense, minimize yards after catch. Like th- that's the game. That's what all of these Shanahan systems are built on. It's getting the ball out quickly, as we just talked about with Tua. Getting it to a playmaker in space. It's Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel in San Francisco. Here it's Hill and Waddle. You need to wrap up and use that leverage. And the Patriots were the uh, top five tackling team, according to PFF, in week one. They were the top three team in tackling the previous two years total. So I trust them to do this. But it's still September. You know, like they're still getting some seasoning here defensively in their calls, communication, and the tackling. You just... As soon as they get the ball, bring them down. No free, easy yardage is a big thing for me. Yeah, I'm certainly with that. Another key that I have is get Ramondre back on track, right? Because Mm. we know that this Dolphins defense, we talked about it earlier, Callahan, it's not good. Ramondre last week, like last year, we talked about Ramondre was making his own offense. He was minus 20 rush yards over expected. Only six running backs were worse. He was minus 1.81 rush yards over expected per attempt. That was the third worst. Last season, he had four games where he was south of four yards per carry. And in every game after that, Ramondre played really well. So I think this – and we know he's sick last week too, right? So I expect this to be a big game for Ramondre Stevenson, maybe in the pass game as well. Because even though he didn't run the ball well, at least he was involved in the passing game. 
He was. And I think that motion we talked about for Miami, I mean, the Patriots stressed and broke parts of the Eagles defense, again, another Fangio system, by going bunch and having some motion. That forces communication, checks, calls, adjustments. This is a new set of players and a new scheme for them handling that. And I think you put maybe Miranda in some bunches or in jet motion or orbit. I, we'll find out when we see them, uh, obviously, on Sunday night. But I think that's a really good point because it also gets to a simple point of get your best players the ball. Uh, yeah. And obviously, you know, he had six catches and most carries and they tried. But I think more Ramondre is always a good thing. All right. Two matchups that we're looking for. I'll start. I mentioned him already. Um, Christian Wilkins, whether it's a limited David Andrews, he's been limited in two practices with hamstring injury or it's Jake Andrews, fourth round rookie or Cody Russi gets a call up from the practice squad like that defensive tackle over the center position. It's the quickest line to get to Mac, a straight line up the middle. We all know about pressure up the middle. No quarterback's friend. Uh, and I think that's something, too, where they want to run the ball. How much time do they have to spend double teaming Christian Wilkins before getting to the second level? Because these linebackers don't hit as hard as Landon Roberts did last year in this Flora system. But David Long can cover some ground. But if you get to him first, some of these double teams and handle Wilkins, then you can really erase him and kind of spring these long runs. My matchup is whoever's covering Hunter Henry. Because if you go back to the Dolphins last season, eighth most yards against tight ends fourth most touchdowns against tight ends. And for you fantasy people out there, fourth most fantasy points against tight ends. Like all these guys went off. Andrews, Hawkinson, Cole Komet, Dawson Knox, Hunter Henry, actually the final game, five for 52. One of his better games in the Patricia era. If that was Bill O'Brien, it's probably eight for 90. I love it. Keith Musgrave also loves it because he just dropped in a comment. Hello, I think the tight ends need to come up big. Uh, They do. You're right, and I think this is a big game. You've heard this fantasy tip tons of times in this podcast. Grab Hunter Henry while you still can. This is a defense that keeps the middle of the field open. That's where he lives. Um, That's a good call. All right, one wild card. So this is one thing. It could be off the field. It could be a fun tidbit. It could be a stat that we haven't talked about, something that we just haven't covered, and your wild card is? Will Bill make the right decisions? I felt like last week he made two decisions that weren't correct. The game plan was outstanding, but after the penalty on 4th and 12, why are you going for it on 4th and 17 with three timeouts and the two-minute warning? I can understand the 4th and 3 because of where you are on the field and it's only 4th and 3. I can understand that, even though I thought, hey, there's 10 minutes left. Kick the field goal. You cut it to five points. And the thing that surprised me about that, Callahan, especially the 4th and 17, your defense was dominating them. So this wasn't Peyton Manning, fourth and two, where you couldn't stop Peyton Manning, right? This was Jalen Hurts, a company couldn't move the ball. So as great as Bill was preparing for that game, I, I thought he made some bad decisions. I think it's a good call. And Bill Belichick, and good call on your part, obviously not <laughs> him on fourth and 17. <laughs> he did as much regret as I think he does on Mondays. Uh, looking yeah. back at the game, always inquire about coaches' decisions, not because it's, hey, this is bad, let remind me. Let me remind you of that decision that didn't work out. It's like, what was the process that led to that? Because folks at home watching going, what the hell is going on? Um, and Bill offered some sort of regret in that decision. He is the wild card. All right. My wild card is tied to my pick, which the folks know. I'm taking the Patriots. I don't have a final score for you just yet. Uh, but I will give you the wild card on the other end of this break while reminding you at FanDuel, the Patriots are three-point underdogs. If you think they're going to win – like I do, I would take them plus 128 with this money line. The over-under is something also I'm looking at, 46 and a half. And to help you with that betting is a new sponsor, Odds Are. Okay, guys, taking a quick break from the football to talk about a new pass interference partner. 
AG1. It's a daily nutritional supplement for whole body health. I gave AG1 a try, frankly, because they gave me a call. But now after months of using AG1, I am giving you a call because I take one scoop of AG1, mix it into a glass of water every morning before breakfast and drink it. And right then and there, I know, regardless of how long my day goes, how stressed I get or how busy I am with work down at Foxborough, I have taken care of my vitamin, mineral and nutrient needs. I have taken care of my body and it makes me feel great. And as they say, you are what you eat. And what AG1 is, is a science-driven formulation of those vitamins, minerals, and probiotics, all whole food source nutrients that support your energy, focus, strength, and mental clarity every single day. Who doesn't need that mental clarity, especially nowadays? And AG1 as a whole is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. That goes for you folks taking the one pill a day. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, give AG1 a try and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do, it's very simple. Go to drinkag1.com slash pats. That's drinkag1.com slash P-A-T-S. Drinkag1.com slash pats. Check it out. All right, right there. As I said, odds are helping you bet uh, I don't know what this is on odds are, but I'm going to take this because I believe in this. And I still believe in this Patriots team. Some of you heard me say Mac was the antichrist on the last episode I did reviewing his performance under pressure versus in the uh, pressure moments. He was bad in the pressure moments. He said as much. But as much as he might have been part of the reason that they lost, he was among the only reasons they hung in against a team that started up 16 and nothing, had the best pass rush in football. He led two touchdown drives. He came close to another one. And I think this night on Sunday. Mac Jones gets it done. Patriots 20, Dolphins 19. And what that also does, in addition to giving you a plus 128 odds right now on FanDuel, is you can parlay that with the under. I love the under in this game. 46 and a half. Belichick's history against McDaniels in the two matchups last year is history of containing Tyree Kill and the fact that we all know the Patriots are not lighting up the scoreboard. So I like the Patriots to win close Matt gets a statement win and upset at home. They go to one. I, I'm on the Patriots too at plus 20 at plus 128. I think they win this game 24 to 20. Another thing I like is Max passing yards over under 220 and a half passing yards. He was over 300 last week. And then the other one is Ramondre. He is 55 and a half. I wonder if that's an overreaction to what we saw last week because 55 and a half, that seems like, which kind of makes me worried. Like, do they know something that we don't know about Ramondre Stevenson? I like both those in this game as well. And if you think the Patriots are going to win, it's maybe worth sprinkling. We talked about this at the top. A little bit on plus 900 to win the division. I'm just saying, like, it may a little sprinkle. It's plus 900. You know what I mean? Like, if they win the division, that's a lot of money. It's true. And that brings us full circle from uh, how open is the division to when the Patriots have the ball, the Dolphins have the ball, make some game picks, go 3-2-1. This has been our first full-on game preview. Uh, we will be doing this in the same format. We might even have Brian back to do this same thing. This has been a blast. He had the numbers. He is a metric man. You can find him on the Off the Pike podcast for The Ringer, covering not only the Patriots. Celtics coming up. Red Sox news. I know you're going to be talking high and bloom. Still with that beautiful smile that you have on right now. Uh, thank you for coming on. I think the Pats win. We, of course, could look like complete morons because that's being NFL media in week two. No one knows anything, but we have a good feeling. And uh, I appreciate you being here, buddy. 